This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight we have several big headlines as we come on the air. America's battle over abortion rights and the breaking news. Multiple fatalities after a train going from Los Angeles to Chicago derails with 243 passengers on board. Train cars topple over in Missouri after colliding with a truck. We're tracking the fast-moving developments about those who are hurt and trapped inside. The abortion rights fight in America, a country divided. We're in states where trigger laws are banning abortions and in states welcoming a wave of patients. Illinois is an oasis in a vast abortion desert. Breaking news, new evidence leads to a surprise January 6th hearing tomorrow. The war in Ukraine, Russian missiles hit a crowded shopping mall, possibly over a thousand people inside. The fear tonight over a rising civilian death toll. The hunger crisis in South Sudan. We met this mother who walked for more than a month to get food for her eight-month-old, so weak he can barely eat. Deborah Pata reports tonight in depth on the risk of starvation for millions. Tonight's other top headlines, new video tonight of WNBA star Brittany Griner after 130 days in Russian detention. And a terrifying moment in Colombia, the deadly collapse killing at least four, including a one-year-old. And we'll end tonight with the heartwarming story of a seven-year-old cancer patient's dream come true. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Monday night. We begin tonight with breaking news and horrific scenes from America's heartland. An Amtrak train knocked on its side in a Missouri cornfield. At least three people were killed and there are reports of numerous injuries. Officials say the train traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago with more than 250 passengers and crew on board partially derailed after hitting a truck at a crossing. There are reports two Boy Scout troops were among the passengers. It happened near Menden, Missouri. That's a rural town of less than 200 people. Weather at the time of the crash does not appear to have been a factor. The wreck comes just weeks after the Biden administration announced more than $350 million in grants to improve the infrastructure of the world's largest and most extensive rail system. CBS News transportation correspondent Errol Barnett has the latest. There are several injuries. There is a male subject trapped in the bathroom. We know of one female under the train. Urgent calls of the derailment near Menden, Missouri indicated several passengers were hurt. Multiple injuries, multiple fatalities, requesting all available units. Damn it. Rob Nightingale was inside one of the turned-over train cars, recording the disorienting aftermath. After being checked on by a crew member, he captured this view of the wreckage. We hit a truck. Someone was crossing the tracks. Amtrak says approximately 243 passengers and 12 crew were on board when the train barreled into the truck. It's very unfortunate anytime you have a derailment of a train and multiple cars, it's not a good day. The train had approximately eight cars, including a baggage car. Seven cars have derailed. There are multiple injuries and we can confirm there are three fatalities. Two on the train and one in the dump truck. This comes after an Amtrak passenger train struck a car on a rail crossing in Northern California Sunday. And in September, three passengers were killed when eight cars went off the tracks in Montana. Now, late tonight, the NTSB says it's sending a 14-member GO team to Missouri to determine what went wrong. Investigators will look into the train's braking system, its forward-facing cameras, and its event data recorder. It picks up all sorts of components from the moving train, nor like how quickly the emergency horn was activated. That, plus interviews with passengers like Rob, will eventually help them determine just what led to this. A horrific scene, Errol Barnett. Thank you. All right, tonight, the fallout from the Supreme Court ruling about abortion rights is growing. This after three straight days of protests across America. The ruling has left some legal confusion. There's also a surge in demand for over-the-counter emergency contraceptive pills, forcing retailers like Walmart and CVS now to limit purchases. Here's CBS's Jan Crawford. From New York to Los Angeles, protesters took to the streets with angry crowds squaring off with jubilant supporters over the historic ruling that ends a federal constitutional right to abortion and allows states to decide whether or not to ban it. Largely peaceful, there were scattered episodes of vandalism and another attack on an anti-abortion pregnancy center like this one in Virginia. With the ruling, at least eight states have made abortion illegal and more than a dozen more expected to ban or severely restrict it. But abortion rights supporters in conservative states are not giving up the legal fight. In Louisiana, abortions resumed after a state court judge temporarily blocked Louisiana's trigger law. In others, abortion rights groups are arguing their state constitutions give more protections than the federal constitution and contain a right to an abortion. Carrie Galloway, Planned Parenthood, Utah. A woman no longer 
has bodily autonomy to make decisions about her reproductive health care. The state politicians have that authority over her body. And that doesn't jive with the Utah Constitution. Abortion rights opponents, having triumphed in a 49-year battle to overturn Roe, also are looking to what's next. Republican governors like South Dakota's Kristi Noem say they are committed to help women with more support and new programs, while also working to implement other restrictions, like banning women from getting abortion pills through the mail. In South Dakota, we've already had a bill pass that said on telemedicine abortions that we don't believe it should be available uh, because it is a dangerous situation for those individuals uh, without being medically supervised by a physician. Vice President Harris said the White House will fight those efforts. We will do everything within our power as an administration through the executive branch to ensure that women have access to the medication they need. And tonight, a state court judge has temporarily blocked Utah's trigger ban under its state constitution. And we can expect to see more of these battles as state courts and legislatures take up this issue and decide what the right to abortion is going to look like in their states. Nora? The fight's not over. Jan Crawford, thank you very much. Well, now to a closer look at the growing divide over abortion rights where states have become the new front lines. The last abortion center in Mississippi has 10 days before it has to close its doors. But in states like Illinois, clinics are expecting an influx of patients from neighboring states that are banning the procedure. CBS's Adriana Diaz will report from one of those surge states in just a moment. But first, CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns is in Jackson, Mississippi. Good evening, Caitlin. Good evening, Nora. This clinic behind me is going to shut down in just 10 days. And volunteers over the weekend saw an influx of patients, more than double the amount they usually do. Once it closes, the next closest clinic will be over 400 miles away. The countdown is on at Mississippi's only abortion provider. The clinic, known as the Pink House, is adding more patients before shuttering next week. Dorinda Hancock has volunteered here for a decade. We're never going to hide in the shadows again. Sorry. And it's there to show they're going to fight until the last day. The clinic is at the center of the Supreme Court case that overturned Roe v. Wade, a decision championed by Governor Tate Reeves. And we fight this battle, a battle whose we've been fighting for almost 50 years. But some healthcare professionals across the Magnolia State are concerned the already strained healthcare system isn't prepared for what's next. The governor claims that we're moving towards pro-life phase two. What does pro-life phase two look like? How long is she in labor? Getty Israel is CEO of Sisters in Birth. The nonprofit community health organization serves pregnant women in Jackson. Mississippi is one of the top four states with the highest rate of young women who are uninsured. The same young women who don't have access to reproductive care, namely contraception. In the Mississippi Delta, one of the poorest regions in the nation, entire counties are without an obstetrician. Adriana Lewis Scholes, a certified nurse midwife, travels two hours to see patients. She says expectant mothers often rely on hospitals over an hour away. Sometimes you have patients that deliver on the side of the road, and that's the thing also because they couldn't make it to the hospital in time. And soon, more women will be bringing pregnancies to term. Are you prepared for an influx of women coming no, to you now no. that I'm understaffed, I'm under-resourced, I'm not prepared? But they're already coming. They are already coming. 
I'm Adriana Diaz in Illinois, which is preparing for an influx of out-of-state patients seeking abortions here. Illinois is an oasis in a vast abortion desert. Planned Parenthood of Illinois CEO Jennifer Welch says they're expecting as many as 30,000 additional patients a year. Since Friday's decision, demand for abortion services has increased in Illinois, which is surrounded by states that restrict abortion access. That's why Planned Parenthood built new health centers near Wisconsin and Indiana and expanded telehealth visits for medical abortion pills. Planned Parenthood of Illinois is here to serve patients from any state because abortion is legal here in Illinois. I would say that Illinois is a... <laughs> haven of death surrounded by states that recognize that preborn babies are fully human from the moment of conception. Amy Gerke, executive director of Illinois Right to Life, says she's fighting against Illinois becoming a so-called abortion destination. Governor Pritzker has basically, you know, rolled out the welcome mat for women from other states to come here for abortion. But volunteers like Lori with the Midwest Access Coalition are working to ensure the road is clear for women seeking abortions here. And this is different than anything I've done before because it is so personal. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's taking my time to actually be with one person and help them get where they need to go and back home again. They give rides to women to abortion clinics at times from out of state and they're preparing to get busier. People that I drive have the need to have someone help them. They are, they're alone. The Midwest Access Coalition says their daily call volume has more than doubled since Friday's decision. Now, it's legal to cross state lines for health services, but in Missouri, which borders Illinois, a lawmaker there has introduced a proposal allowing private citizens to sue those who help women get abortions out of state. Nora? Hey, Jenna Diaz, thank you very much. There was another major decision from the Supreme Court involving prayer and schools. In a 6-3 vote, the court ruled in favor of a former high school football coach who lost his job after praying on the field with students after games. The coach sued his Washington State School District, claiming it violated his constitutional rights. The latest ruling from the conservative majority court further narrows the separation between church and state. Mystery surrounds a surprise January 6th hearing announced just today. The committee says the hearing scheduled for Tuesday afternoon will present recently obtained evidence, raising the expectations of new bombshells. CBS's Robert Costa is here with the latest. All right, Robert, everybody wants to know who's this surprise witness. Nora, this was a surprise announcement. The committee has been looking for more information, gathering new evidence, pushing witnesses to share more. And they have something so urgent they believe they need to have a hearing tomorrow. We know they've been engaged in discussions with Ginny Thomas, the spouse of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, about her efforts to overturn the 2020 election. We also know they have been pouring over previously unseen footage from documentary filmmaker Alexander Holder, who was here just at this table last week. But we don't know who the star witness will be. We do know, according to a source close to the committee, that the person who testifies tomorrow will shine a very bright light on what happened in and around the Capitol attack. Robert Costa, thank you. And Robert Costa will be with us for our special coverage of the hearing. That's tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you then. Let's turn overseas now and the war in Ukraine, where more than a dozen civilians are dead and dozens more hurt after Russian forces bombed a crowded shopping mall in the central city of Kremenchuk. CBS's Remy Innocencio is there. 
Thick black smoke billowed from this shopping center in the central Ukrainian city of Kremenchuk this afternoon, the handiwork of Russian missiles. From inside, a man yelled to someone to follow him to safety, while outside, firefighters battled the flames and the wounded were loaded into ambulances. Just a day ago, residents of Ukraine's capital of Kyiv watched as a barrage of Russian rockets glided over buildings, hitting a kindergarten playground and this apartment complex. Six people were hurt, including this seven-year-old girl and her Russian mother. Her father died. Against this latest backdrop of Russia's four-month-old war in Ukraine, leaders of the G7 countries meeting in the German Alps pledged even more retribution against the Kremlin. While NATO, its leaders meeting later this week in Spain, said it would increase to more than 300,000 the level of high readiness troops, part of its biggest defense overhaul since the Cold War. And as Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, called for yet more modern and effective defenses from the international community. Some have started to arrive. These destroyed Russian military trucks near the Kharkiv front line are thought to be from the first strikes of U.S.-supplied guided rocket systems known as HIMARS that made their way into Ukraine just days ago. But not in time to turn the tide for the eastern city of Severodonetsk. Ukraine ordered a retreat over the weekend, handing the city to Russian forces. And here in the capital, those recent rocket attacks, the first in three weeks, are a reminder that even though they've become rare, this city of three million people is still very much within reach of Russia's military at any time. Nora? Ramin Asensio, thank you very much. At the G7 summit in Germany, world leaders are warning the war in Ukraine is forcing up to 50 million people around the world into chronic hunger as Russian troops block crucial wheat and grain supplies from being shipped. CBS's Deborah Pata reports on the crisis tonight from South Sudan, one of the most high-risk countries in the world. Battered by unprecedented flooding for nearly three years, millions in this African nation were already starving. Then came Russia's war in Ukraine, and a crisis became a catastrophe, sucking funding from the World Food Program and forcing drastic cuts. We're heading off to the worst-hit area in South Sudan, where there are children in desperate need of aid, and if they don't get it, they could be within days of dying. Famine stalks this village. Mothers bring their emaciated babies to see nutritionist Mona Sheikh. So we see she's already in the red, which means she's acutely malnourished. She's severe, severely malnourished. Yeah. Little Nyakwe is nearly two but hasn't learned to walk. She just isn't strong enough to support her own weight. She's in a very risky situation because if she gets one bout of uh, diarrhea or malaria, I'm afraid, you know. Any child like that, we are very close to losing them really? within days. Nyanjima Gatlak walked for over a month to get food for eight-month-old baby Kang. He's so weak, he can barely eat. And with funding challenges, this UN organization has had to cut rations by as much as half. Yubani Kong is already feeling the effects. I last ate two weeks ago, she says. Now her family of five survives on rations for two. Her mother-in-law, Nyakong, is wasting away. And Nyabani is deeply worried about her 10-month-old baby Chol. Is your child getting enough to eat? No, she says, I don't have enough breast milk to feed her. She's already lost one child to hunger, 
and is determined not to let her baby girl go the same way. And the war in Ukraine has diverted so much funding away from the World Food Programme that it's been forced to suspend aid to nearly a third of the 6.2 million people it already feeds here. Nora? Deborah Pata, thank you for being there. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. In Russia today, WNBA superstar Brittany Griner was ordered to stand trial beginning Friday on charges of cannabis possession. Griner, wearing handcuffs, reportedly had her detention extended for another six months pending the outcome of her trial. She was arrested at a Moscow airport nearly four and a half months ago. Tonight, officials in the South American nation of Colombia are investigating a deadly collapse at a makeshift bullfighting ring. Terrifying video shows people screaming and falling to the ground when the multi-level wooden stands suddenly buckled. At least four people were killed, including a baby. More than 300 others were injured. They say there's no crying in baseball, but this next story might change your mind. Seven-year-old cancer patient Bo Dowling had his dream come true as he ran the bases in a home run for life prior to the Chicago White Sox game against the Baltimore Orioles. Players from both teams aligned the baselines to give encouragement and high fives for Bo, who is now facing his second bout with cancer. The seven-year-old also threw out the ceremonial first pitch. Good luck, Bo. We're pulling for you. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in our nation's capital. Good night. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.